0: set yourself up for success check out the pool schedule number one check out multiple pool schedules in your area just don't look at one have a few options that you can go to pack your bag get everything ready the night before put the bag in your car even and just leave it there so if you think you may have time after work you already have your bag with you Uh, put in goggles swim cap and all your pool toys but also You want to put in some fuel so if you don't have you know you miss an afternoon snack you miss morning breakfast you have something a banana uh, a bar or a gel just something that you can that you can snack on always have that ready in your bag and always have a workout ready just write something down on a piece of paper and stick it in your bag so that you always have a purpose when you go to the pool if you don't have a workout and you're just floating around there's no purpose you're really not getting much done you're not making any advancement in the pool so really have a purpose that's important
1: hey guys welcome back to the yogi triathlete podcast i'm jess your host and i'm also the mindset coach for yogi triathlete i'm finding great purpose in assisting high performers in training their minds And I am so incredibly fulfilled to be doing what I believe is why I came here to this earth. And in this episode, I'm sharing the mic with Coach BJ. So, Beach, I know I ask you this all the time, but I want you to say it to the world. As head coach (laughs) of Team Yogi Triathlete, are are you like also doing what you love every day?
0: Every day. Every single day. This is what I love. Every single day. I'm doing what I love. I'm swimming. I'm biking. I'm running. I'm coaching. I'm having conversations. I'm eating amazing food and all in Southern California. I mean, that's everything.
1: What was the scariest thing you had to experience in order to be able to be living what you love right now?
0: I quitting my job, my corporate job. That was big, big, big step. Yeah.
1: And letting go. Like you let go of, I think you let go of so much in that. In that experience, because you let go of this social programming that you're the man and you need to provide.
0: That was part of it. Yeah. Also, I mean, you
1: do need to provide. I do so. need to
0: provide. Thank you. <laughs> but having that attachment to, to a company that you had been at for 20 years. And, that,
1: and could have stayed at. And
0: could have stayed at, right? Yeah. This is I think this is what a lot of people come up against is that, that, that story. Yeah. And it's a false story. It's, it's, you, don't, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And the company owes you nothing. Guys, it's a business. They pay you for a service. You produce a service.
1: I think one of the um, kind of the behind the scenes things that not a lot of people know is you were less than two years away from being 100% vested in your stock, which would have meant, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of more dollars. And um, and we and we left and we walked away from that twice. from that money. Twice. Yeah, yeah, we did it twice because <laughs> we worked at that company before we moved to Boulder. We are not strangers to risk. All right. Well, before we dive in, I want to mention that if you haven't listened to our podcast with Gabby and Rusty, then definitely check it out. Feedback is pouring in. It's been coming up a lot in my sessions with my athletes, and apparently, this episode is leaving a mark in some people and bringing awareness. It's really just bringing awareness to how we're navigating this life. Um, so, I have another question for you, Beach. Like, what did that? What did that conversation leave you with? with Gabby and Rusty?
0: First and foremost, we're not alone in this uh, risk taking venture in our lives. Like there's people who are out there doing it and doing it bigger and doing it together. So we're not the only ones who came up against brick walls and found a way to get around it. And also the financial piece of things. You know, I think that was really a, a big a big hit in that podcast was that w- when you asked them about the money, they just didn't know how it came, but it came. So again, just stepping up and and following what feels right. And they're, those two are doing exactly what feels right, and it shows.
1: Oh my gosh, it just made me want to live more consciously and more minimally and just more mindfully, just up-leveling, up-leveling, and never forgetting that there's no ceiling that we're going to hit with our up levels. Like we can just keep going. We can just be better humans all the time.
0: And all the time, all the time. And, oh, they're, and they're
1: so freaking—they're bouncing cool. off
0: each other, so they're up leveling each other, and that's what I feel. You and I do becoming from different because they, they in the podcast they showed their strengths and opportunities, and we've got similar stuff. And it's so great to have that person right there across the microphone. Yeah, the microphone and the call mirror, you on your stuff.:
1: The mirror in front of you all the time. All right, well, as we approach the start of the official race season, at least the time of year when most people will be racing, we thought it would be cool to start breaking down some of the disciplines. So today we're going to dive into swimming for both triathlon and for runners. If you know us, then you know that we love swimming for our runners, especially those crazy ass ultra runners. So let's just start here, coach. Why is swimming so helpful for runners?
0: Well, first and, f- and foremost, the, it allows for cross-training. So there's no impact on the body. So running's a really hard, hard, um, it's a hard force on your body to continually log miles and time and to not vary that movement pattern in any other way. Uh, you're just waiting for that overuse <laughs> injury, as Tommy Ribs talks about the overuse injury to to show up. So first off, it's, it's non-weight bearing. So you're still getting uh, motion in the body. Second, it's compression, right? The water in a pool is in a compressed, confined area. So it's actually like compression for your legs. Um, swimming doesn't like running, but running loves swimming.
1: Yes, you gotta let go like you. So
0: what does that mean? So what does that mean? Cause people are like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? So when you're a runner and you add swimming to your program, your running going to increase. Your, your ability to be, um, to be durable, your ability to not have as many niggles in your body, your ability to, um, to recover faster. Uh, if we switch the hourglass, like turn the hourglass over, swimming, if you're swimming and focusing on being a swimmer, then the more running you add, it's going to affect your progress in the pool now what does that mean it doesn't mean obviously people triathletes are doing it right they're getting better so it's the combination of things so if you're going to go out and you have a swim and a run and you're trying to get better at swimming do the swim first run second now if swimming isn't is a, is a complementary activity to your running run first swim second
1: oh that's a really good insight hmm
0: Yeah. Good coach. Yeah. Well, I (laughs) 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 trial and error.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've heard that so many times, like running loves swimming, but swimming doesn't necessarily love running. And that's not like, if you looked at that, literally you would say, well, then trial fun doesn't make any sense, but it's, that's not really what you're talking about. What you're talking about is like day-to-day workouts like what are you what is your priority what is the focus yeah and or your day-to-day workouts but also maybe you're in a swim block because you're trying to get faster swimming and then you would you know your runs would be secondary to that you would your a workout for the day would be your swim
0: right yeah so do that first
1: okay cool i like that that's great advice okay so let's start with our first question here best drills and a bread and vegan butter type set. I love that. This is from Grilla, which she told us what that means. Now I can't remember. Do you remember? Right.
0: No, I can't remember. It's
1: some kind of like monster. So I'm assuming she's talking, we're talking about triathlon here. So triathlon.
0: Yeah. let's So let's swimming. make that distinction right now. Okay. We're talking about triathlon swimming. I'm not talking about pool swimming. And I'll share a story with you all in a moment but let's let's answer this question I look
1: forward to that BJ
0: (laughs) so the best drills so to me in my 15 year lifespan becoming a swimmer I have definitely dipped my toes into everything so total immersion uh, Amy Jones uh, I had a Craig Howey as my coach I've done a lot of uh, research and um, used a lot of things on myself to see what worked best so I don't think there's any one best drill, right? I think there's best drills for your unique situation. So what are you trying to work on? And also, let's clarify what drills are. I think We talked about this with Jerry when he was on the podcast. Traditionally, in my mind, drills were like, you know, high elbow, fingertip drag, catch up drill, you know, six strokes and glide, one arm drill. Right, those in the past have been what I call drills, but I've shifted my focus because I really grasped the concept of this is triathlon swimming, not pool swimming. So, in triathlon swimming, triathletes are time starved, they don't have a lot of time, right? They're trying to fit a lot in three sports and plus all the complementary stuff uh, on top of that so their time is limited so to go into a pool and practice high elbow and fingertip drag and um six kick and glide like to me that's not a good use of time what's better use of your time if you're getting to the pool once maybe twice a week is to swim exactly what you're going to do on race day so the drills that i like and they're adapted from jerry Rodriguez. Um, Tower 26 swim program, it's swimming with that snorkel, that front snorkel, it's the finny snorkel, it goes right up the front of your um, forehead and up and out of the water. You put uh, the Eenie buoy in between your legs and you tie a band around your feet. Pretty much just pulling. Your head's not moving. You're staring directly down at the bottom of the pool. Your arms can stay wide. And your body can stay super long and taut and strong. And that's pretty important in swimming.
1: And what, so during that, that as a drill, what are you focusing on? Obviously, it's all about pulling, but where, what are you focusing on? Give her some pointers of, of a couple of things that you're focusing on. In well, here's drill. the
0: great thing about adding all those tools. And someone may say, that's a lot of stuff to put on. But what it's doing is removing a lot of things. It's removing... Your uh, your need to breathe and turn your head, which which shifts the body into different positions. It's moving, removing your kick. You don't have to worry about your kick. Uh, you don't have to worry about your legs separating. All you need to really worry about is your hand entry wide and your hand in, and your other hand coming in wide. So I like to have the keys of um, reach for the corners of the pool. Because when you reach for the corners of the pool, if you take video of yourself, most likely your arms are going to be perfect
1: dead on. Yeah. they are going to
0: be dead on. We don't want to cross over that black center line. And that's, if you take video of yourself now without all those tools on, I would, it would be pretty safe bet that a lot of you do cross over that center line at some point. And that creates a fish tail, a fish like motion, which we're not fish. We don't swim like fish. We need to be long and taut and uh, pull that water.
1: So wide arms, what about finishing the stroke? Is that an important piece?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Eni talked to us. So I'm gonna be referencing some people that we've had on the podcast who have been influences in my swim progress as well as, as yours too. So Eni Jones out of Boulder, you know, she had us uh, one of the drills I did early on was the catch your keys. So as you as your let's just say your right arm comes back and you're pulling and you're pushing the water back past your hip. You want to recover that arm as if you have keys in your hand and your keys are coming over and you're dropping them. They're coming out of your hand and you want to catch them before they hit the ground. So you're, you're getting that quick arm turnover. So as the, as the right arm is forward, the left arm needs to be back. As the left arm is forward, the right arm needs to be back. So you're, you're, you're reaching forward and reaching back. Long. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So long... Long and strong. And you can even keep your thumb uh, grazing your hips. You know, that's a nice little cue. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go back to just the basics, like long, strong, and calm. Some sort of mantra, right? And i giving this out to a few people now. People have asked us through Instagram and actually some of our athletes of any mantra you can focus on when swimming. Because there's a lot of things distracting you, especially when you get to race day. So there's this uh, mantra that I use that really worked well for me. And it was just every time the, your arm, one arm hits the water, you, you say long, strong, and calm. So as your right arm comes over, you say long. As your left arm comes over, you say strong. And as your right arm comes back over, you say calm. And you just keep repeating that. And those are three pretty basic cues that will keep you focused and keep propelling you forward and not overly get caught up in everything you need to be thinking about. Yeah. It keeps
1: it's, it's like a mantra, right? So it helps to concentrate the mind and keep you out of the noise. I've used that for sure in times where it's gotten rough in the water, like back in the day of, you know, mass starts and things where it or Boulder stroke and stride on a Thursday night, like the roughest swims I've ever experienced. And I would use that as my mantra and also to get ahead of the commentary that I could start to feel revving up that would throw me into some kind of idea that I couldn't breathe or, you know, that I was having a panic attack. Uh, Because we've all been there. It's a rite of passage, I think. Okay. Best drills and bread and vegan butter type of set. Like, what's just a go to set?
0: A go to set. Like just a regular swim set for triathletes? Yeah, for triathlete. Um, I really dig the varying pace. So my jam right now is, let's just say, 7 by 50s at a 70% effort, 7 by 100s at an 80% effort, and then you do uh, 4 by 100s at 95% effort.
1: So what, was, what does that look like in the grand scheme of a that's workout? That's
0: the main set. So that's the main set. So with all structured swims, you want to have a warm up. You want to have some sort of drill um, slash uh, focused area of attention in the pool. So kicking or pulling or both. And then you want to move into a pre-main set, which is just the kind of kicker, like get that heart rate going. And then you move into your main set, which sometimes doesn't come for two or three thousand yards into the set because you're, that's when you're finally warmed up. You got You've got the groove going. You, you're feeling. You get the feel in the water, and then you let it rip. And then you do a short cooldown.
1: Okay. So somebody who who's not doing a three thousand yard warm up. Okay. What would be what would be that set start to finish? Like I'm I'm asking you to give out a workout here.
0: Okay. So five hundred yards, super easy warm up, super easy, or ten minutes. You know, just get loose in the water, mostly freestyle. So so triathlete swimmers, freestyle, freestyle freestyle uh, yes it's great to do breaststroke and it's great to do butterfly but that we're, again we're talking with time constrained triathletes so let's get to the let's get to that specificity so 500 yards swim easy super easy like really easy to warm up and then go into maybe 10 times 50 as uh 25 easy with so you can have fins on 25 easy 25 strong, rest for like 10 seconds. Then go 25 strong, 25 easy. So you're reversing them.
1: And you're doing that 10 times. So and that's another that 500. So, so now we're at 1,000.
0: So now we're at 1,000. Uh, so at this point, we can add in some really high you know, quality stuff and say um, let's do 4 times 50 of 25 really, really super strong and 25 easy, 15 seconds rest. Do four of those. So now the heart rate's, you know, pumping up a little bit. Then you can move into your main set. Okay. So main set would be what I described. So seven times 50 at 70% effort on 10 seconds rest. Then go into seven by 100 at 80% effort. So bumping it up a little bit on 10 seconds rest. Oof. 80% is not, it's probably like Ironman pace.
1: Yeah, it's 80% though.
0: And then you're going to go four <laughs> by 100s at 95% with nice. 45 seconds rest.
1: Nice. So you're
0: going hard, but you're getting a lot of rest. Yeah. And the other ones are short rest at lower intensities. And so what does 70, 80, 95% look like for a swimmer? Well, that's all, um, it all depends on your swimming it all depends on on how you feel when you're putting together times. What I find when athletes come to us and we work through this percentage is that it's too it's too similar. So at ninety five, let's just use examples a seven a seventy percent uh pace would be at one forty, let's just say. the eighty percent pace would be at one thirty seven and then the ninety five percent pace would be at one thirty. Three, that's way too close in my opinion we need to spread that out of it okay so, so what, what's ideal So here's here's something i use here's, here's
1: well let's do it let's do it based on that 140 again okay so 140, yeah, so 140 is, your 40 70. is
0: actually my 70 percent okay 80 percent would be around a 130 128 okay 95 percent would be at 115 120 per 100 Okay. So now you've got some like 5 to 10 seconds of breathing room in there. So now you can really feel the shifting gears. And the same thing we talk about with running. When we talk about running, we need those extremes. We need to have contrast. So if you're if you're always doing speed work at the same pace you're doing easy work, well there's no variability. How do you expect to improve? And this is this is what you get caught is what we get caught up in because it gets comfortable oh i know this is my time i know this is now you're asking me to go faster but i'm comfortable with this time so again it goes back to the mindset right the mind is comfortable at a certain pace we need to find that that scary area where you know our heart rate is is beating super fast and we're trying to catch that next breath so then the easy swimming and this is something lucho who was one of my first coaches pointed out is when you swim slow you really get to see how your stroke uh stacks up to stacks up to you know how how good is alignment how good is your pulling like the slowing down is where stuff happens as jerry would say so the slowing down and we don't want to slow down when we swim because it's it feels better when we swim fast right but that's why you need to slow down you need to feel what it's like to To wiggle the body. You're like, oh, so I'm wiggling the body when I'm swimming slower. How can I work on that? Again, bring awareness to tautness in the body, that long body. Nice. Um, Yeah, this is really good stuff.
1: Okay. And so how does this person, how do they finish this? After the main set, what happens? Hot tub? Cool down? If
0: you're Jess, you're definitely going to hit the hot tub (laughs) right away. I would add a little bit after that. Like four by 25s with like the first 10 strokes are super hard. Oh, I love that. I love that one. First 10 strokes, super hard. You're like pulling water. And sometimes I don't breathe when I do these. I'm just like 10 strokes really, really hard.
1: Yeah, I don't breathe. And then Not for that Not for finish
0: that. out the the length of the pool nice and easy. Rest. Um, it, it depends, 10, 20 seconds, whatever you want to do. And then repeat.
1: So do that four times. Do that and four then... times and
0: then do a 200 cooldown of choice.
1: Nice. Cool. That's a good set. Yeah. All right. Do it. Let us, Grilla, do it. Let us know how you like it. I like it. Okay. Next question. This is from Mrs. Stephen Jarvis. Okay. Hello, Mrs. Stephen Jarvis. Safest way to get started.
0: Safest way to get started. Let's just reframe the question. Safest way to get started in triathlon swimming. Yeah. Okay. okay. How, what's the safest way to get started? Uh, if you have the ability to have a coach nearby, definitely have some coach take a look at your stroke.
1: Yeah. That's going to be safe in saving you time of doing a lot of inefficient swimming.
0: If you don't have a coach nearby that you're confident in, that you have uh, a relationship with, then get to the pool, set up a camera, have your significant other shoot it, ask the lifeguards. I've done this many times. Um, have them hold your phone and record video of your swimming, swimming from the front, swimming from the back and swimming from the side and see how that stroke looks. Go back and look at it. And, and you do
1: coaching on demand. So this is something that somebody could.
0: Sure. Send in your video. Get a, get yep. a call with you yep.
1: for an hour. You can review the video and talk to them about it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. So that's a really, that's, the, that's the safest way is to, that's how you're going to start. Um, and why do you want somebody to look at your stroke? because when you start to swim and you just go you just start doing workouts you don't know if you're crossing over and that was one thing i can share when i started swimming was i was having severe upper back like this big knot in my back and at that point you were a massage therapist so you were able to work it out and i strongly believe it was from crossing over and so as i took more and more video i was seeing like wow i'm really coming across that center line. So as soon as I started to stay wide, that thing went away.
1: You did, you were really guilty of crossing over. All right, cool, I like that. And then consi- I would say for her too, just consistency. And you don't need to get in and do 2,000 yards, like get in and start doing 500, consistent, consistent, consistent.
0: Somebody who's starting, it would be better to go five times to the pool for 15 to 20 minutes than it would be to go once or twice a week for an hour yeah consistency in the pool is what matters those touches in the water the feel of the water how much time do you spend your in your day walking around so walking and running is very familiar how often are you actually in water you're not so you can't expect to show up in an unfamiliar environment and and nail it so yeah get in the water get get more touches in the water
1: okay cool All right, next question is from Vic, vegan trail runner. If you haven't listened to our pod with Vic, get back there. That was during our podcast frenzy up in Flagstaff. Thanks for sending this in, Vic. Uh, What is a solid hour-long swim workout for runners wanting to cross-train? I mean, an hour is relative, right? Like, what do you get? Some people can get 4,000 yards in an hour, and some people can get 2,000 yards in an hour. Why don't you give that that one that you give to me. I love that one. I think like in its totality, it's around 3000.
0: So about a 3 to 400 or 500 easy warm up in the pool, just swimming, moving the body. Then you're going to go into a 1000 yard kick set. So get those fins on, and I really like the specific uh Short blade fins, so you're not using the diver fins with a really extended um, toe area. So kicking with fins is great for runners because it uh, it opens up their ankles. Running really firms up that really firms up that ankle so that there isn't a lot of flexion. So the f- kicking with fins actually adds a little bit of force and can loosen that up a little bit. So a thousand yards kicking with fins, you could go 200 kicking with fins. Uh, on your back with your arms over your head, flutter kicking, or you can put the snorkel on and with the kickboard and look down. So either or, for two hundred, and then you would swim two hundred, keeping the fins on, and then you just work your way down 150, 150, 100, 100, 50, 50 and that's all continuous. So you don't need to take rest in there, in between there, and then you get to some vertical kicking, and this is a great exercise that. Um, that again allows you to have that long, that long, strong body. So literally, you're standing up in the pool, and you can bring your hands up over the top of the water. Or if you're having trouble balancing, you can keep them down by your side and use them at like egg beaters. But you want your legs to be and your legs to be straight, and your toes to be pointed down, and you're going to kick, scissor kick, back and forth. And you can do that for 30 seconds, and then you're going to rest for 30 seconds. And so just repeat that six times. Super easy. And then we're going to go into some pulling. So this gives the runners some uh, upper body strength and it allows their legs to take a break. So you put the eeny buoy in between your legs. You can use a, a band around your ankles or not, or you can keep it off. And you're going to do a pull set of, you know, four by 200s, let's just say. So that's another eight hundred yards right there and you can use the snorkel on this one as well and you're pulling so you're really using the upper body for strength and letting the legs float behind and engaging the core this is going to keep everything strong Uh, as runners we can always use core strength even if you are working it and then you can swim nice and easy at the end 300 to 300 just a nice easy swim so you're using everything that you just worked like the focus on the ankles, the kicking, the pulling, and now you just swim and it should feel really good.
1: I like to throw in, I, I want to add to that before the cool down, throw in the eight times 25. Like With eight the times, 10 strokes hard? No, yeah, 10 strokes hard. Yeah, I like that.
0: Or just eight by 25 swim, you're saying?
1: Or eight by 25 on 30 seconds. So strong oh, yeah. on 30 seconds. Or eight times 25, first 10 strokes, just all out super strong and then cruise to the finish. Rest for about 10 seconds and do that again, do that eight times, that's another 200.
0: That's great. Yeah, It's really great for runners. And for runners, like pool jogging too. You know, pool jogging. If you are incorporating pool jogging into your program, you're at the pool, add in a little bit of that vertical kicking, maybe some kicking with the fins. Yeah, and and
1: if you want to extend this workout, throw in 20 minutes of pool jogging at the end of this. Oh, right, yeah. That would be amazing. So this is what we've got on the website right now, you guys. We've been seeing this need for swim workouts for runners, but they're not necessarily getting coached as a swimmer. So what we've done is um, BJ's created five different length workouts. It's under yogitriathlete.com forward slash shop, and you can buy that workout plan and you can put that into your training. So, you've got this one here that we described on the show. So, write that one down, and then you can get five more. So, you'll have six workouts that you can do as cross training. And I would say, what, two times a week, getting in the pool ideally?
0: And, and one of those should be right after your long run.
1: Yeah. So, there's shorter workouts there, all the way to 3,000 yards. So uh, something for everyone and, um, yeah, great way to gain fitness and get recovery and stay out there on the trails or the road if you're a roadrunner. All right, that's going to be awesome, babe. I'm psyched that people have this access to this now. Okay, next question from the Jesse Lee. Is breaststroke an acceptable stroke for triathlon? It's the only one I'm relatively good at.
0: I'm shaking my head, no. No, it's not. No, it's it's. If you're getting into triathlon, you really need to learn freestyle, and it's it's gonna it's gonna propel you faster through the water, and it may be uncomfortable at first. Um, I think breaststroke will get get you by but you can anticipate a really really long swim and it's going to take a lot of energy so the most efficient stroke is freestyle for triathletes so you know take the plunge like you if you're already comfortable in the water you're doing breaststroke then just take some time and learn freestyle
1: yeah listen there's just because you're relatively good at breaststroke doesn't mean that you won't kick ass at freestyle if we just look at what we know already in our lives and what we're relatively good at in our lives, and we stay there, we're missing the purpose of being on this earth. We're really, we're really here to live the edge. We're really, really here, always on the edge, never hold back. So, uh, I agree with BJ. If you're going to be a triathlete, or you're going to further your um, hobby or profession as a as a triathlete, you gotta you gotta get in the game. And the the swim is. It's the best part of the day. We always used to say that. It's the best part it's of the, the day. It's the shortest part
0: of the day. It's the coldest part of the day, the coolest part. So if you had a hot race, like it's the coolest part of your day. But, you know, she's she's relatively good at breaststroke. Then she can be relatively good at anything she does. She's proven to herself she can apply it to breaststroking, right? So this yes. is the selective use of the skill.
1: Well, we're assuming that the Jesse Lee is a woman. It could be a man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I as a, as a, Previously known as Jesse in eighth grade when Jesse's girl came out, I got a lot of crap about Jesse being a boy's okay, name.
0: Then. Him or her. I'm still mad about that. That's
1: <laughs> that's what our meditation teacher would say. Go, oh, you're still mad about that, huh? I love um, a little side note here. I had this like big aha moment, transformative experience a couple weeks ago, and it like brought me all the way back to when I was three years old and my family left me in <laughs> Disney World and... I realized it was like that moment that I started this narrative that, you know, I've got to do everything by myself in this life. And I thought it was so meaningful and like the mind loved it. I had finally figured it out and the source of this narrative that I watch really closely in my life. And Bob goes, huh, still mad about that, huh?
0: (laughs) He gives it no attention.
1: It's just so funny because we carry these stories and they're just stories. And how much they are who we are in this life is up to us and the mind loves drama and it really wanted applause for figuring all that out and uh and i didn't get any i don't get any applause from my meditation teacher or my strength and conditioning coach dr dave you tell him a story
0: just shakes his head he just looks at you he doesn't even shake his head yeah he's just like (laughs) all right foam rolling thanks
1: for sharing we'll file (laughs) that in the non-fiction section of the library okay i think we got all the questions but i want to add one more question to that um because you do do a lot of you do do a lot of video analysis you did We included that, and we're going to do it again this year because I think it's helpful, or next year, I think it's helpful, is video analysis of swim and run. So my question to you is, what do you most often see? And I'm talking specifically about triathletes. What do you most often see when someone sends you video or you're in the pool with an athlete? What are the things that you just most often see as their opportunities for um where you know speed is high hiding where efficiency is hiding um where up level is is hiding because of this opportunity that they that they're in
0: the biggest one i see the number one thing i see is over kicking so someone new to swimming is kicking way too hard and i was one of those people and and i feel that they're over kicking because for most new triathletes that are in the water they want to keep moving, right? Because otherwise you're going to float, right? You're going to float and you're not really moving anywhere if you don't do anything. But they want to they want to move forward and so you get into that whole hurried environment of swinging the arms and then kicking the legs and then it becomes this chaotic sort of thrashing around in the water. And it's no wonder that you're out of breath. Right? So let's just add to the fear Of being in an unfamiliar environment and not being able to catch your breath so a lot of that has to do with just kicking way too hard it's going to elevate your heart rate very quickly and it's going to make you gasp for breath so that's why pulling getting getting the ability of um, putting that pull buoy between your legs and just letting them float and not kicking is a good transition period also using fins so overkicking is a is a big piece of the puzzle, especially when swimmers come to me and they say I'm, I'm out of breath. I think that's the number one thing to address to allow them to get ke- to get more oxygen in their system, which then brings calm, right? More oxygen. You know that you're not panicky for breath. You're going to have the the breath that you need if you just stop kicking as hard.
1: And then combined with that, what do you see with breathing?
0: Great question. So people will then start to breathe every four or more strokes. So they're taking that long approach where they're just going to keep their head down and they're going to take a few strokes because they've probably seen it on the Olympics or in a pool swimmer. So that's not ideal for triathlon swimming. So normally you're in... Uh, choppy water. So you're not in a pool. You're not in the nice, pristine, uh, calm waters of a pool. You don't get to see the bottom center line. Uh, you don't have lane lines keeping you in. Like there's, This is a new environment, so you need to keep your head up. You need to be breathing every two strokes to, to get oxygen to fuel your body. And uh, it's, it's the only way to, to, to help propel you forward. And, and you want to be able to see where you're going forward. So, you need to be able to look up and catch that breath, look, and then get into your next stroke. So, when your head is down, you're going to most likely, for more than four to six strokes, you're probably going to go off course a little bit. So, that's one thing I see. So, more, so take breaths quicker.
1: And I would say that translates to runners too. So, like Vic is going to take this workout, he's going to go to the pool and he's going to do this 500 warm up. Breathe every stroke breathe every stroke and then you know breathe on one side going down turn around breathe to the other side because you do want to breathe to both sides but that doesn't mean that you have to do bilateral breathing and that translates to so much I think balance in the body being able to breathe to both sides there's going to be one side that's more comfortable than the other but that doesn't mean that you should only breathe to uh, the side that's comfortable. In fact, it's more evidence that you should breathe to both sides and get comfortable on both sides to regain whatever the balance is that's off in the body.
0: And on race day. Like yeah, on race able, day. Cause... Being able to look left or right at the swimmers around you. Also, where does the sun come up? You want to be able to swim... You you just don't want that to be a limiting factor to your performance. No
1: way. I can't tell you how many times over 13 years that I went to go get a breath and I either had like an elbow or just a huge gulp of water come into my mouth during a race. And it was like, okay, I got to get to the other side and I got to breathe on the other side. So you never, you can never count on getting that breath. Now you mentioned you were talking about racing and lifting your head. So sighting sighting for triathlon swimming when do they when do they start doing this in their training leading up to races
0: yeah i would say eight to ten weeks out from from your a race you want to start incorporating the sighting and that's just looking up and this is goes back to the story i was going to share
1: oh cool when i
0: was at the pool at alga leading into alga norte the pool here in in carlsbad my favorite pool if you haven't been watching our (laughs) instagram account And it was leading into Indian Wells 70.3. And I was at the pool and I was doing this workout that included deck ups, which is part of the tower 26 program where you pull yourself up out of the pool, you wait there for 10 seconds, or you do jumping jacks, you know, it gets the heart rate up and then you jump back in and you do a hundred. And there's many variations of using deck ups and inciting but that's just one example so I was doing this workout and I was sighting. so sighting is every few strokes you lift your head up to look just lift your head up just slightly so that you can see ahead of you and then you go back into your stroke so you don't want a breaststroke it's all seamless so as your arm goes back you're gonna on the recovery whatever arm it is that uh, that you're going to breathe next to on the recovery as you bring that arm back and forward you're going to look up just slightly and then come back into your stroke so let's say you're breathing to the left you're going to take your left arm back you look up to the side you take a breath you look up to sight your left arm's coming forward and then you come back down put the head in the water so it's that motion of continually looking up and i do it in the pool you know I'll do it one time per 25 I'll do it two times per 25 I'll go up to three times per 25 to really incorporate that ability to to propel myself forward and keep straight because that's the most important thing is to keep straight uh, in triathlon so the story I was doing this said set in the pool and I was breathing I think it was a very vari- variation of a set so I was breathing one time per 25 on one set and then moving into two times 25, and then I think I was doing some short 50s where it was three times breathing. And I got to get into the pool during one of the uh, rest periods, like in the in the block. And the guy next to me, I noticed that he was watching me. He was an older gentleman, and he was uh, was so kind to offer up some tips. He was, he was like, do you mind if I share some observations with you? And he he went on to say that he has been swimming, you know, for a long time. He's been, he used to swim in college and he's part of the master's program and he swims two to three times a week with them. And he noticed that every every few strokes that I would lift my head and go forward. And he said, you can save a lot of time just by continually breathing to the side. And I shared with him, I said, thank you, of course. Cause you know, people like to give advice in the pool. Um, but I shared with him uh, how familiar he was with triathlon swimming, and he was not familiar at all with triathlon swimming. And so I went on to explain to him that the reason why I do that, lift the head, is so that I can sight and see, because in open water we don't have the ability to stare down at the black line or to see or the, have the lane lines on either side, or to have crystal clear water. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know triathlon. I don't, I don't run triathlon." So. This leads to another point of when you're starting to swim and you go to the pool, be careful who you seek advice from. So there's many people that will share advice. There's the guy like this that will share his master swimming advice. There's the professional athlete or professional swimmer at one point or elite, elite college swimmer that will share his advice. And that's great because for what they do, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing that they'll share that. But for triathlon swimming, it's a very specific skill. I strongly believe in this. I didn't have a really good big breakthrough in my personal career until I grasped the concept that triathlon swimming is different than pool swimming. And that just clearly blew up a lot of things that I believed in. And my times have continually been getting better. Um, but I also feel more comfortable in the water. I feel more powerful in the water. So these are things that I'm sharing with you all that are specific, very specific for triathlon swimming. So seek, when you seek advice and people share, their in, share information and their perspective, that's just what it is. It's based on their experience. So align yourself with the feedback that most resonates with you of where you want to go. So if you want to be a triathlon swimmer, start getting curious about triathlon swimming. Um, I've done the master's route. I did that in Boulder when we lived there, and that was great. That got me to another level, but it still wasn't specific to the sport of triathlon. And in the sport of triathlon, I want to be a really good triathlete. I don't want to be a pool swimmer. So yes, I swim a lot in the pool, but what I do in the pool is very specific to triathlon it's taken me a long way to get here long route but i firmly believe this is the way
1: i love how you describe that so when you reframed swimming as swimming for triathlon and not pool swimming that was a big jump for you like that's when things started to turn what was another turning point
0: Another turning point. I feel like you
1: have turning points like all the time right now. But what was another turning point?
0: I think um, using the swim bands.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That um, I was just thinking, I'm like, there was something else I wanted to ask about. Okay, so swim bands. Let's talk about swim bands. Swim
0: bands are are really important. I do them before my swims. And I do them when I don't get to the pool. I'll do them at home here. I loop it up against the front door and and get in my, my, my band work. It's the um, Jerry calls it the rip it or grip it and rip it. Hmm. So you grip the water and then you rip it back. And to get that feeling or that sensation of what that feels like, the bands, uh, the swim bands, using those before you get into the pool really activates your lats and it gives you that feel of that pu- of that pull back we were talking about before. So you do the swim bands before you you start your swim workout. You jump in the pool and right away you're gonna feel. Your lats activated, and you're going to be able to pull that pull that water back. So for me, that was a big component of my my advancement in you know bringing my swim times down. So the key with that though is you have to consistently do swim bands.
1: And if you're on Team Yogi Triathlete, you better believe you're doing it. You are
0: absolutely doing swim bands. Is everybody
1: doing it? You don't have to name names. Is no. everybody doing it? What?
0: Nope, not everybody's doing it.
1: Are the The people who are doing it are they also consistent with their workouts in general? like yes. do you see a pattern yes. like if they're dropping the swim bands, there's also an inconsistency in in training period yes. across the board yep. so consistency is consistency. consistency is-
0: Really the jam.
1: Yeah. How would somebody start? So like um, our friend here who wants to know like the safest way to get started and, you know, the going from being a breaststroker to the freestyler, uh, which was another person that sent in a question, where would they start with these swim bands? Like how how many sets? Like what? Just
0: three by 10.
1: Three by 10.
0: Mm -hmm. Just get the feel for it. Grip
1: it and rip it.
0: So we, we... we did this at training camp. I had everybody line up and they were using the swim bands and I could see how some, I have a video that I share with them all that I've set up, but, but some of them were not, were not engaged. Like you, there's things that you can engage, like engage your core. Um, you want to, you want to give some slack to the bands. You don't want them to be super, super taught. Like you can Google at Andy Potts and you're going to see a miraculous, demonstration of how to use swim bands but he is an olympic swimmer turned triathlete so we're not all built like that his flexibility is amazing Um, so we want to have a little bit of flexion so that we the bands are a little bit loose and then we want to rip it back and then we want to recover and do it again and again and again and what i find is start with less so less is more so start with just 10 because if you're trying to go longer without the ability of the body to keep that tautness and strength of the arm coming back, then you're just going through the motion. You're doing what we talk about in a lot of the things, a lot of podcasts is checking the box. You're just getting it done. Okay, it's done. No, you really want to feel what that power is like, so that when you get into the water, you can feel what it's like to pull the water back. And yes, after over time, you're probably gonna you know, decrease your pulling by, you know, 10, 15%, 20% as the set progresses because you can get fatigued. But the more you do the bands, the longer you'll be able to go through these swim sets when you get in the pool and still have the ability to pull water.
1: I love it. This was an awesome episode,
0: dude. Thank you so much. Yeah. What was it? I think there was, there was something else that, oh, open water swimming helped me out in Mount Tremblant. That was a game changer too. Mm Mm-hmm. Just getting in the open water, and that's something. If you want to talk about mindfulness, right?
1: Um, no, I don't ever want to, talk I know about you mindfulness. want to talk about mindfulness.
0: It's just something I knew I needed to get, like, to add to my repertoire. But I just kept ignoring it until I finally decided. How does that
1: work? How does that? How's that ignoring uh, technique work?
0: Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it just keeps building up, like, negative energy, and it just keeps you keeps you. Small. Keeps you small. Gross. Doesn't let you advance. Yeah. So when I started swimming in the open water, you know, I really had a breakthrough. I really had a breakthrough. So swimming in the wetsuit a lot really helped. So
1: yeah. What was your swim time at Mount Tremont? One oh two. Nice. Yeah. What's it gonna be this year?
0: Fifty
1: eight
0: thirty.
1: Nice. Fifty eight thirty two. Fifty eight thirty. Okay. Yep. Cool. Awesome any final words to get people just encouraged to get into the water like swimming
0: yeah so you're already at a disadvantage because pools are challenging to act to access so lane schedules and drop-in fees and driving to the pool and cold water and just the logistics of getting to the pool as a triathlete like that's in my experience has been a big obstacle so set yourself up for success check out the pool schedule number one check out multiple pool schedules in your area just don't look at one have a few options that you can go to pack your bag get everything ready the night before put the bag in your car even and just leave it there so if you think you may have time after work you already have your bag with you uh, put in Goggles, swim cap, and all your pool toys, but also you want to put in some fuel. So if you don't have, you know, you miss an afternoon snack, you miss morning breakfast, you have something, a banana, uh, a bar, or a gel, just something that you, can, that you can snack on. Always have that ready in your bag and always have a workout ready. Just write something down on a piece of paper and stick it in your bag so that you always have a purpose when you go to the pool if you don't have a workout and you're just floating around there's no purpose you're really not getting much done you're not making any advancement in the pool so really have a purpose that's important and i think mindfulness is really key at camp we had the athletes runners too i collected all their watches so they couldn't use their watch in the pool they had to look at the pool clock so get knowledgeable about using a pool clock it creates and strengthens your ability to be present that's the number one goal of using the pool clock. I'm not taking these watches away because I enjoy doing it, although it was fun <laughs> to see their faces. But it gets you to be present. How many yards are you swimming? What, what length of pool are you in now? Do you count your 300 yards by 50s or by 100s or by 25s? Like, get curious about all this stuff. It's really bringing all your focus and attention to the moment. And when you find yourself slipping away, you're doing sets and you get to the end of the pool and you don't know how much you did, your mind has wandered, great, go do it again. This is how I would work through challenges like that. If I hold myself accountable, if I can't remember how many I did, I go do it again and I make sure I get it in. And of course, that's more yardage, but it, but that was the penalty, I guess you can call it, for making me more present because presence in the pool, that's that is... I know we talked about a lot of things here about swimming but presence is is the only time that you can give all of yourself if your mind's wandering if your mind's worried about fear it's worried about the breath it's worried about your kick then you're not present
1: no because worry is always it's worry is never about now we are never worried about now we are worried about what may happen next worry is always in the future and peace, and patience, and um, skill, mastery, is in the present moment. That's where you've got everything available. And anything that takes you out of the present moment lessens your degree of mastery. That's that. Thank you. That was an awesome episode. You guys get over Runners, yogitriathlete.com forward slash shop, go get yourself five workouts, swim workouts. Throw those in once, twice a week. I'm I'm telling you, it's amazing. I'm loving it. And also trucker hats, beanie hats, and some sweet swag and other merch. So check it out.